Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. Welcome to the Living with a Disability No Big Deal podcast. Our guests today are Matt Magnus, Greg Moe, and Jennifer Miller. My name is Brad Gabrielson. How are you all today? We're doing good. Doing very well. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, well, very nice day today, isn't it? Yeah, well, hi, everybody, and Happy New Year, first of all. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021, and I guess let's say goodbye to 2020. Exactly. A lot of bad stuff happened in 2020. That was a tough one, boy. Yep. Well, we're we're all here. We're so excited to be starting season two of our podcast. Uh, We had a great year in season one. Thank you so much for following along on our adventure last year. Uh, We have a lot of fun things in store, uh, interesting guests coming up. And we hope that you'll continue listening to our show as we proceed this year. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Jen. And uh, we have an exciting guest today to uh, have on the show, Mr. Matt Magnus of Roller Ramp. He is the principal owner of Roller Ramp. So thanks, Matt, for joining us. And I think it's just uh, a good time to talk about uh, the sponsorship. Uh, it's been an exciting year to have Roller Ramp sponsor the show. We've uh, had a, a lot of success. The podcast has grown from its meager beginnings from the show one and show two from uh, from that. We've expanded our listenership. Uh, we get calls from uh, around the world now from uh, different countries asking about uh, different topics, comments about the show and things like that. So that's exciting. So welcome, Matt. Very fun. It's uh, I'm happy to be here. And uh, yes, it's great to try and connect this you know, uh, this community, not that we know exactly, uh, you know, who the community is, but we're, we're thrilled to have people join the community uh, of this podcast and to, uh, you know, sort of push forward the topics. And, and I'm happy to be here, of course, and we're happy as Roller Ramp to be sponsoring. Well, thank you. I like to um, say, I think this is a great educational tool to the people um, that are listening that might learn a little bit about different different uh, topics that they weren't aware of from before. So I, I think that's why this show is so important. So. I agree. It's uh, great to be here. Brad, we're, we're, we appreciate you doing this and taking the initiative. Thanks for helping me out on, this, on your end. So let's get started here. The first... I have a, I have a question here. How long, how long have you been owner of Roller Ramp? Well, I've been uh, fortunate enough that I'm basically right at my five-year anniversary of being uh, the the primary owner of Roller Ramp, and certainly I can appreciate uh, you know uh, the people that had uh, started this business and the product before me. But in the last five years, it's been 
it's been great. Um, and uh, I, uh, you know, I had always sort of had a interest in being a business owner. And in this case, this business had, uh, you know, a number of characteristics that I really liked uh, that was appealing to me. So I'm uh, celebrating a five-year anniversary right now, so to speak, and uh, really, um, you know, it's a joy to work with the people and uh, the marketplace and and uh, roller ramp. I think you know, sort of helps helps contribute to the world in a good way, and that that's part of what we we do. It's you know, it's been uh, it's been a wonderful five years, and I look forward to many more. Excellent. I think um, it's it's a cool company and. It's a great company to be part of. So, tell us a little bit about your background. You know, Roller Ramp is located. Our headquarters is located in uh, in the Fargo, North Dakota, sort of metropolitan area. It's actually in the town of West Fargo, and um, I happen to have grown up here in Fargo, and so uh, I've uh, I'm a Fargo native, so to speak. Grow, born and raised in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, North Dakota being sort of the geographic center of North America, not the United States, but North America. So we include the frigid frost lands of uh, Canada and things like that. <laughs> and uh, this, this time of year, it kind of feels like that's more appropriate to mention, the frigid part. But on the other hand, um, I am sort of local and I did not know of this business, uh, you know, at, at its inception, but I'm local and I married another girl from my same age who also grew up in Fargo and we weren't uh, childhood sweethearts or something. But on the other hand, we're very familiar with each other and the schools we went to. And, uh, and, and then we've, we, we've raised a son here, uh, you know, in uh, Fargo as well. So we are definitely local to where the company is located. And that's, uh, that's fun. It's very, uh, it's sort of by happenstance, but it's fun. And it is, it is really cool that it's uh, right here the familiarity of a lifetime in a community so far is is really uh, rewarding because then as the business flourishes, you know, it's uh, it's trying to give back and trying to sort of add to the the uh, the local community that you're of course really attached to. So that's uh, just, you know from just a you know what is my background? I think first of you know how I sort of grew up. But on the other hand, I have been working and my professional life has largely been around Fargo Moorhead. It's uh, Fargo, North Dakota, Moorhead, Minnesota is sort of a uh, right along, Fargo is right on the eastern border of North Dakota. So that's uh, why I oftentimes include Moorhead, as I mentioned, the area. And that's Moorhead, Minnesota. So we are, Moorhead happens to be the location where I have a business degree from Concordia College. And uh, I always have had an interest in business. I was one of those kids who, you know, tried to figure out how to make money doing various things. Um, so uh, I sometimes would say, oh, I started my first business when I was, you know, like in junior high, but that's because I, I mowed neighbor's lawns, you know. <laughs> oh, sure. You know, it's, it's funny how much profit there is when you use your parents' equipment and they supply you with all the gas and the fuel. <laughs> they pay for all the maintenance and you just have to show up and do the work, which, uh, you know, is a contribution. But on the other hand, not exactly the way businesses uh, always operate, of course, and somebody else is willing to fund you like that. But, but I, I, I had an interest in being a small business or a business owner 
And uh, that's something that a business degree from Concordia College uh, is where I went. I actually attended SMU in Dallas, Texas, Southern Methodist University as well for three years, but my father got real sick. And as a result, I wanted to be closer to home to, uh, to finish school. I ended up transferring and graduating from another school that I'm proud of and have a lot of affiliation with, uh, which is Concordia College. So a business degree has served me well. I started working, uh, you know, predominantly in the technology business for about the first 20 plus years of my career. And that was very fun and, and challenging and technology, uh, you know, is a very fast paced business. So there was always with the growth of the company uh, and, you know, I worked for a company by the name of Great Plains Software. We grew a lot, you know, in terms of size and scope and internationally, and we, we went public in the process. Uh, then we ended up getting acquired by Microsoft. So my background, it has a fair amount of uh, growth uh, in terms of uh, smaller corporate beginnings and then, and then working for a very large corporation, multinational, you know, around the globe and working in technology. And that, uh, that meant lots of different types of jobs, lots of different international travel and business, you know, activity internationally and such. So it was a wonderful learning ground because, you know, Roller Ramp has a lot of international business. Uh, Roller Ramp has great products. And, you know, so it really set the stage for, uh, for me uh, with regard to really being interested in having a hand in the ownership of a company, again, very, uh, you know, substantially, and then seeing if we can't grow and have, you know, similar success in some way, uh, you know, around the globe with, uh, with Roller Ramp. So, that's my background. That's how I sort of ha I happened into this, and and you know I'm just uh, thrilled to uh, sort of be able to participate in it, to continue to apply what I've learned before, and hopefully have it help guide us to do great things with Roller Ramp, uh, not only now or the last five years, but into the future. Great insight, Matt. Yeah. Well, how is Roller Ramp doing presently? You know, we're doing quite well, although we're coming off, of course, a very strange 2020 timeframe, this COVID timeframe at large. And, and uh, I won't, uh, I, I guess I, I'll, I'll resist trying to jump right into the depths of the COVID discussion, but overall the company's doing very well. Uh, I'm really proud that we have during COVID been able to keep everyone employed uh, within the business, for instance. Uh, we haven't had to lay, uh, lay people off, so to speak, or, uh, or downsize the business. We've we certainly have had a lot of impact on the business and, and that, you know, uh, being a relatively small business owner, you do, it does keep you awake at night when you're faced with that much uncertainty around the marketplace, around the globe, how people are faring and such. So we did see a big impact, uh, especially initially where business just slowed down. And uh, that was really uh, somewhat scary. On the other hand, the idea that uh, the company is, you know, faring really well. We have prior to just the the COVID anomaly. You know, we have been on a on a very steady growth trajectory now for uh, the last, uh, you know, almost five years uh, running in terms of year over year growth. We've been expanding the nature of the products we offer. We've been, you know, uh, I think expanding our footprint around the globe a little bit, but that's always uh, something that's changing and uh, gets impacted by you know, trade agreements and tariffs and this and that. And so it's, uh, it's been a wild ride and, uh, and it's fun, but the company, uh, uh, gladly, the company is faring really well. 
and we feel like our best is yet to come. I agree with you. you uh, do you see markets that are outside the disability access market? Ah, yeah. You know, surprisingly enough, uh, we we maybe don't do a good good enough job of publicizing it, but. On the other hand, we do a surprising amount of business that's not in accessibility. Accessibility is certainly the sort of, you know, the heart and the, uh, the main sweet spot of our, of our products. But um, our products get used all over the place for all sorts of, you know, interesting, fun, wonderful, but also maybe even on occasion, almost kind of shocking and strange ways. But, you know, it is a ramp. Therefore, uh, people want to move things up an incline or down an incline. And and sometimes people will tell us, oh, yeah, I'm using that uh, product for this. Or they'll call us, you know, saying, hey, can we use it for X or Y? You know, moving moving livestock into onto a trailer or something. And you go, wow, I haven't heard that one before. But yeah. Yes, I think it could be used for that. But, but yeah, I think uh, we have we, roller ramp actually has its roots uh, as uh, you know in the idea that it could be used for a lot of different things, and there's a lot of industrial use ramps that are not accessibility oriented or or, or predominantly oriented. So it's uh, it's always fun to see the variety across that, uh, but also uh, those kind of uses are kind of scattered. So it's uh, it's not really a not always a uh, something that you consider to be a marketing campaign, uh, but you see a lot of different use, and it's fun to see that outside of the uh, accessibility market or the handicap market. But you know, we we certainly feel like the handicap marketplace and the accessibility marketplace is something that is is sort of uh, you know where we have probably the biggest amount of positive impact on the globe, and that's the part that makes us feel feel uh, maybe most warm in our hearts uh, about how the product. Uh, is out there. Yeah, Brad, I would probably agree with Matt there. And what's neat about the different vertical markets is that in times where, say, the accessible accessibility market might be a little bit, say, off due to the fact that people are, say, locked down, they're not moving around, there are other markets that are unrelated, such as commercial or industrial markets that involve construction or you know, people that put in granite countertops or fleet vehicles that are delivering goods and services that will kind of pick up the market in order to fill in the blanks to kind of keep uh, keep a consistent flow along when the market isn't isn't flowing, you know, in the typical normal fashion. So I would agree with the very good sentiments on that. What are the biggest challenges you face? Um, you know, as a small business, I think uh, the biggest challenge we always feel is there is getting the word out that our product exists and getting it in front of enough people. It's sort of a, you know, marketing and awareness challenge. And every small business, I think, feels like they're yelling out into the void. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. They can't be enough places. They can't tell enough people. Uh, you know, and so on. And that's not at all having to do with we aren't being effective. It has to do with we feel like we're sort of a small voice in the middle of a big marketplace. Uh, and uh, sometimes just getting people's attention to even know that this product exists or the strengths and, and uh, abilities of this product is, uh, is out there. So uh, that always feels like it's one of the, the biggest challenges is trying to feel like you want to be a household name and that people can turn to the product faithfully, if you will. And, uh, and, and so I think that's what probably keeps me up at night is sort of the how do we try and capture and, you know, get more uh, awareness around how we can help people, you know, for, 
use any any instances where a ramp is going to be used, and that's. Uh, uh, but that's I think I think every every business owner almost feels that way, even if you're the Kleenex uh, a brand or something. Maybe you still feel uh, like you, you know there's people that that uh, don't that you know could be more familiar or something. But it's something that uh, working with with these products and uh, these products are so able, I mean, the roller ramp product is so capable in terms of stable, the abilities of it, how it performs, how it lives up to, you know, years and years of use, uh, all sorts of things. It's really easy to be proud of and stand behind a product that works like that. And uh, I'd say uh, the, the most the most fun thing about our business is probably listening to how customers actually get to use our product and are thrilled with how it performed and therefore you know that makes us feel good about it i, I know when i use my ramp uh, to get into my relatives houses it's very cool because you can just lay it over the steps and and uh, right up and back down with no problem you know so it's very neat and the thing is it holds a thousand pounds so and it doesn't uh, it doesn't Bob that much and uh, you feel very safe. So. Yeah. You know, it's, it's great that people don't have to be really gentle and uh, it's not like it's fragile. You know, it, it's really, it can take a beating oftentimes. And, uh, and, and I'm certain, you know, we know they do, but on the other hand, it's built that way so that hopefully it's, uh, you know, just something that it can be a faithful, you know, really solid product that uh, that can work for people for years and uh, they don't have to worry that it's, you know, gets weaker, uh, you know, after you owned it for a couple of years or, you know, something, it just is, uh, is something that's really rock solid. So it's, it's fun to stand behind a product that is kind of able to perform like that. It just is really, uh, really wonderful. Well, and Brad, you kind of alluded to it there. I mean, you're in a power wheelchair, which is a pretty, you know, substantial chair. It's not just a like I have a manual chair, it might be 45, 50 pounds, but yours, you know, just the batteries probably weigh a hundred pounds. And so you have chairs that are upwards of 300 pounds now, uh, and then you put a, a wheelchair user in there, you know, you're, you're up there to four or 500 pounds. So feeling secure uh, is the number one thing of uh, traveling up a ramp in a wheelchair, right, Brad? Or Yeah, it's, it, it feels very safe because, I used to have a suitcase ramp, what they call a suitcase ramp. And boy, it was a little scary using that, but, but um, roller ramp, I, I don't feel at all like I'm gonna fall through or tip over or fall off, so. Well, really, that feeling of security is definitely number one. Oh yeah, it's really cool that the um, moisture goes through um, the ramp, if snow gets on it, it melts and it can go through. So that saves a lot of shoveling as well. So, yeah, you know, the, uh, I think one of my most, at least it's a, it's a situation that stands out to me in my memory about the stability of the ramp and how strong it is relative to how it gets used. And that's, where people were thinking of using the ramp to, to, you know, for people to get a power wheelchair onto a pontoon. And it happened to be, uh, you know, some acquaintances of ours that were 
uh, facing that challenge. And initially they were thinking, you know, hey, let's have the ramp go onto the dock, but then they knew, uh, strangely enough, you think of the dock, uh, a dock that's built out onto a lake as, as usually being pretty strong. But in fact, the dock itself wasn't necessarily likely to be able to hold the weight of the person, the chair, uh, you know, in and because uh, it's a typical sort of wooden dock. And then uh, contrastingly, we could take roller ramp and go right from the shore and span, you know, eight feet out onto the pontoon and uh, the strength and things to, uh, would be, so you just avoided the dock altogether because the dock was uh, maybe the, the weak, weaker link in terms of strength, we directly from the shore on the pot. But that, that just really illustrated because I, in my head, I was thinking, oh, the dock's pretty strong, uh, but for the roller ramp to be actually kind of stronger uh, and more capable than, than uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, a uh, wooden dock or something was kind of something that uh, hadn't occurred to me as much. It just made it more vivid, the uh, the degree to which you want it to be stable and strong and not have issues, of course, or have it fail. Mm -hmm. uh, be a, a really a, a terrible situation in the uh, in that example. So it's uh, it's the kind of thing that makes life easier, and you don't have to you know uh, with the way that uh, we don't have to have support stands and things for some for a lot of those spans. It's just it's just remarkable that it, it doesn't take as much effort. It's able to, uh, to be deployed like that, if you will. And mm -hmm. uh, those are the kinds of things that make me proud uh, of the product that we have. What are some of the advantages you see compared with the, with the competition? Well, um, you know, I think it comes back to the, some of the theme that we're talking about right now, which is that uh, we do build a product that is very strong and as, is meant to be very durable and reliable. And because we've built it with light, lightweight aircraft aluminum and it's all metal, you know, it is a very, very strong, uh, but also it's about as light as we can make it uh, where it still uh, has that degree of strength. And so we feel like that's a good balance of a couple of priorities that you absolutely need. I think those are the characteristics that make roller ramp stand out most uh, relative to competition in terms of how it how it performs other than, you know, the, the other main attribute and the attribute that's sort of based off, you know, why the product's patented and, and that kind of thing is that the product is built, you know, in a style where you can actually roll the metal pieces up and, or, you know, take it down and uh, the portability of it. So the strength and the portability are both really, really crucial in making it so that it's a product that we we love recommending to people because we have absolutely zero reservation. It's, uh, it, you know, it is going to perform for people. Uh, I think some people probably put a lot more than a thousand pounds on it, uh, depending on the day and what they're using it for. Uh, and, you know, it still uh, generally is, uh, is something that would, you know, stand up to that. Uh, so, so uh, that, that's probably the biggest market, but, you know, Greg and Jen, you know, maybe there's things you would point out from sort of a competition standpoint that, that uh, you know don't occur to me as much. I, I know I know one area that um, that we are very that's the warranty, a ten year warranty. No other place that I know of has that. No other ramp company has that. I don't think. I think roller ramp is, in my knowledge, from my knowledge, I think roller ramp is the only one that has a ten year warranty. Am I right, guys, or am I wrong? Well, there's other companies that claim to have a lifetime limited warranty, but the key there is limited, where 
if you have it so many months, uh, then so much of it is prorated and you have to send in the product. Whereas roller ramp, <laughs> it's a little bit different because number one, it's very rare indeed when we do get a warranty claim. Uh, oftentimes it might be for for some kind of misuse, but uh, in that case, it's usually just one link that perhaps needs to be, you know, replaced where it doesn't render the entire ramp unusable. And we're a pretty good company to work with. I think Jen, you would agree with this, that as far as customer service wise, the size of our company and our ability to respond personally to, to kind of a no hassle or hassle-free experience with the warranty, Jen? Uh, yep, absolutely. And that's, and I am, you know, kind of work yeah, very closely with Greg just in the, you know, customer service sales type stuff. And it, almost every company will say we offer great customer service. That is something we all genuinely strive for. Um, we, we work with our customers in evaluating their situations so we can find out specifically what, what is the best solution for that individual. Uh, whether what, you know, the ramp length, the width, and we will, if the ramp will not work for you, we'll also tell you that we're, we're not going to knowingly sell something that will not work. As far as kind of some other advantages of the roller ramp and how we are different from other ramp companies uh, is the, just the versatility of the ramp being able to work for so many different situations. You know, Matt had talked about how the ramp rolls up, kind of similar to a watch band. Uh, something else that's neat with how it is constructed is it is constructed in links, uh, meaning that the ramp can be built to virtually any length. Uh, one of the things that's cool about that is that you can make it longer or shorter whenever you want to by adding and removing links so that you pretty much never have the wrong size. Uh, if, you know, let's say somebody purchases an eight-foot ramp because they think that's what they need and they get it home and they realize, oh, goodness, uh, this is a little bit too steep. I should have got a longer one. <clears throat> uh, they don't need to buy a whole new ramp. They can order just additional links, attach them, and now they have a, you know, 10-foot, 12-foot ramp, uh, what, what, whatever it is they need. Where do you see the company in the next 10 years? I think if we if we can figure out how to sort of be in front of the customers and potential customers a lot, I see us continuing to grow. I also see it as though, you know, we would like to, in the same spirit of a really, you know, strong, capable product that we have today, you know, we'd like to add other products to our stable. We do have products that I think people maybe aren't aware of, uh, you know, pick, you know, that we have uh, van ramps that allow people to uh, you know, they'd automatically or manually extend and people can go in and out of uh, a, a, a vehicle. Or uh, we, have, we have a line of ramps that is called HD or heavy duty so that people can use it in other more, uh, if you will, industrial kind of uh, circumstances. So we do kind of have lots of different product lines or accessories and things today. Uh, but be, beyond that, I guess I'm hoping that we would either happen across and be able to acquire or uh, that we actually design and build additional products ourselves that can help expand the marketplace and the uh, types of, of uh, you know, communities we serve. And so that is part of the aspiration, but it's something that we wouldn't, we wouldn't wanna just sort of pick up any other product. I think the same way we have this degree of security, comfort, 
real strong faith and uh, confidence in how our main product it works. It's, it's not easy to find other products that we feel sort of live up to that same kind of durability or strength or our capability. So uh, as we add products, uh, I think that's probably the, the main criteria is, is it really, is it really helping us, you know, serve customers in the same way? And uh, that's a relatively high bar. So uh, it may be uh, something that, uh, you know, we're not really trying to, to uh, we're not foreshadowing that there's another product we're about to launch or something, uh, you know, per se, but uh, that is our hope is that we can just offer more solutions that help people in more and more ways. And, and if that uh, can be part of the next 10 years, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what I would hope for. Uh, Matt, uh, do, you, uh, do, you ever, do you ever see the price made out of the same ramps, uh, same material as the ramp? I mean, is that what you're, are you planning, if you ever did somewhere down the road, Plan a new product that would be made out of the same material as a roller ramp, correct? Yeah, you know, I think that that's, uh, that's certainly possible and likely. Uh, on the other hand, I think uh, there's, you know, the real, the interesting part to me is there's a lot of emerging materials. Uh, if I think about uh, carbon fiber or something like that, and there's a lot of emerging materials that are more so now being designed that have really strong strength and weight characteristics. Mm-hmm. But whether or not they can be economically shaped and machined and built into a product that's you know within reach of people to purchase more regularly, those are the kinds of trade-outs that I think are part of trying to find future products. And so we we hope to innovate. Do we look to uh, to innovate in the future, but the most confident way to come out with new products is, of course, sort of something that might be also made out of aircraft aluminum or something, because we have such high confidence in how it will perform and how it will hold up over time, and for that matter, even how it weathers the elements and things like that in place, outdoors, uh, you know, wherever it gets used. So, uh, so I see that as very, very likely a couple of avenues that we would, we would want to invest time and energy. For uh, for future products and uh, and that's uh, that's sort of a fun innovative, you know, idea based uh, part of the business. But it usually takes a lot of minutes and time and prototypes and effort to try and figure out how to make it how to make it move forward. Well, that sounds very exciting. How has the COVID situation affected the business? You know, I think uh, COVID is just. You know, first and foremost, COVID has been kind of devastating to the entire globe. I mean, I uh, in our in our lifetimes, if I group us together, you know, the the occasions where we have something that is like a disease that's transmitted and and all of a sudden, sort of within, you know, a year's period of time, affects the entire globe and the way that everyone on the globe, you know, has concerns for health and uh, risk and things. COVID has just been. Um, you know, uh, a one of a kind uh, from how I view the sort of uh, the idea of a pandemic and the idea that I, I never dreamt we'd actually have a pandemic-like thing in my lifetime. I guess I didn't live with the expectation that it was likely it could happen. I think the people that have lost their lives, certainly uh, the way that it's impacted the globe, uh, the way that it's, you know, presented fear in everyday life to some degree for, for everyone, it's, a, it's first and foremost kind of devastating and sad. Uh, yet, you know, we, we have been, you know, resilient. Uh, certainly scientists have been 
phenomenal uh, advancing technologies. And uh, yeah, they didn't start from scratch right when COVID started. You know, fortunately, there were lots of innovations sort of setting the stage so that they could respond faster in this situation, which is which is really, really uh, cool. So beyond the fact that it's been such a, a big uh, loss for and illness and, and deaths and things, uh, we, are, we are persevering, you know, as sort of the human race, if you will. I don't mean to be too existential here, but it's, uh, it's something that has just been a really, really strange thing. Uh, but like lots of other people that are on the front lines, you know, essential workers, all sorts of other people, we are putting one foot in front of the other, figuring out how to do it safely, you know, trying to make sure that the business marches forward and serves people. And we've actually had unique opportunities to some degree where we can be part of the solution to the pandemic and not just, uh, you know, sitting back watching it huddled in the corner. And uh, that's something that makes us, uh, I think, really proud. And Greg and Jen, you probably have a lot more to add on that because you, you talk to customers and, you know, get more of their stories and things more so than I do, but uh, what are your thoughts? How has COVID impacted us and uh, and how do you feel about it? Well, I think uh, Matt makes a couple of very good points, Brad, and that, yeah, it, it affected the company, certainly different markets. Everybody was locked down, so things became slower. So there was a struggle. Uh, we did seem, seem to maintain with the different markets and certainly COVID created opportunities. I think Jen and I could probably speak to a little bit of that. Jen, what are your thoughts on that? Correct. Yep. And I'll, I just want to ditto or reiterate a lot of what Matt said and just share my sympathy and empathy for everybody who has been affected. I'm sure all of us know someone, uh, you know, by first degree or second degree that's been affected or lost their life. And just what a, what a horrible thing that affected the, the entire globe. But yeah, well, one one way that it affected us in a, a new way was that maybe opened some new markets that we never would have thought of before. For COVID, I know services maybe one of them being mobile clinics uh, for vaccinations. Uh, Greg can can maybe talk about that. Another one for the portable morgue industry where the, we worked with a company that outfitted refrigerator trucks and they were uh, sent, I think, out to the East Coast, but then they needed a, a way to get into this truck. So we, we worked with them to design what ended up being a, a 48 inch wide, 24 foot long ramp, um, heavy duty with handrails on both sides. Prior to, you know, prior to this, it's, you know, a year ago, it's something we never would have thought that that could be an industry that we should look for. But what, what was cool with just with the versatil versatility of our product being available with six widths and being available to be any length with handrails, um, our product was what served the need or what met the need of this company that was trying, of this trucking company that was trying to meet uh, the need of, you know, medical facilities. Yeah, and similar uh, with the mobile clinics, they would have these uh, trailers or, or these uh, RVs, if you will, that would be totally built and upfitted so that they were uh, set up as mobile clinics for uh, treatment triages as well as traveling vaccination stations. So markets like that, that created a, a lot of use, you know, quite a bit of volume in different markets that 
that really, like Jennifer said, would never have otherwise been thought of. So I know it's we've hopefully provided a little bit of a blessing to to others who have have a, had a need for some of the services that Roller Ramp was able to come and and fill that void, Brad. So uh, I think overall, it's it's been a pretty complicated uh, situation, pretty complex. And uh, I think we're, we're coming out, at least on the other side of it, in pretty decent position, so. Yeah, I haven't, I've never physically got to uh, meet Matt. I've seen him a couple times over Zoom now. Maybe I can come on the portal one of these days to meet you in person. That'd be great. I would love that. I would look forward to it. You know, you're kind of fortunate if you work for a company or if you sell products that you can put that much faith in. Sometimes people sell products and they kind of, you know, partially perform. And that's just something that we don't hesitate at all. And uh, it's fun to be able to do that. You know, we're not the cheapest ramp out there because we do have this commitment to really, you know, high strength and durability and things. It's, uh, you know, to be said not lightly that, uh, you know, we're not just trying to hook people into buying a product. And and that's partly why we're proud of the company. And that's certainly why I'm involved with the company is that uh, we're trying to do things that actually are sort of positive contribution to our customers. That if we improve the lives of our customers, then, uh, you know, we're uh, that's that's the definition of satisfaction for us, and it, the rest of the business will take care of itself if we do that well. Yeah, and also, you know, it's a thousand pounds, which is really cool. You know, you don't have to worry about nothing when you go up, go up there. And trust me, I tried to break it one time. They told me to try. <laughs> I had myself and four other people and. It was well over a thousand pounds. I knew it, and it still wouldn't break. It, 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 it <laughs> broke a little, but that's it. So, well, I remember, um, you know, early on, Greg and I were in Europe, and and we had a ramp at a trade show, and and we, there was a group of people uh, standing on the trade show, jumping up and down on the ramp, trying to figure out how to, you know, sort of make it. I'm not sure they were trying to make it fail, but they were really trying to. So there was, I don't know, a handful of adults jumping up yeah. and ramp together, trying to figure out how strong it was. And, you know, it took it just fine. And uh, I think that was surprising to everybody. I think they actually might have thought that they would be able to break it. But it really interesting. You know, every time I turn around and oftentimes you might, uh, if you went to our website and saw, you know, the gallery of pictures or something, the ways, the way people use our ramps in such odd and, uh, you know, maybe typical and anticipated, but then such odd ways, you know, in and out of airplanes, on and off boats, as I mentioned, or whatever, you know, in industry, uh, anybody who has to move equipment or machinery sort of in and out of a vehicle or uh, take it uh, places, construction, as we said, you know, there's all the typical things we think of, like, you know, it's really nice that if you're running a vaccine clinic, you can't just have people that are able to walk in and go upstairs be your only customers, right? This is a broad audience you have to serve. So anywhere we have to sort of make uh, access universal, you know, it's really important in and out of, you know, people use them for their RVs. Uh, we've had them used on oil rigs out in the ocean, <laughs> ambulances. Just, uh, it's just so funny the number of different ways that the ramp gets used. I think that's it's a, it's a kind of fun because usually uh, we always have stories, uh, you know, every, not a month or two goes by without somebody going, hey, I, you know, I'm using it for something new and different. It's, since it is strong and durable, however they use it, generally speaking, there's no, there's no uh, sort of real fear that it's not going to, you know, be okay for that. And so it's fun, but it's a, it's kind of a fun thing to hear some of those stories. 
I'm also used it going into my uh, um, my son, my ex son in law's uh, fish house. So, yeah, you know, so, you know, so it, it worked great. So, that's cool. Yeah. Well, we've certainly covered a lot of uh, information here today. Uh, Brad, thanks for all the great questions. I mean, it brings a lot of insight from from Matt, the owner of Roller Ramp, and the different insight into his insight into the company and the, the struggles, the growth opportunities, and the features and benefits. Do you have any other questions, Brad, that you left on the table that you can think of for for Matt or ourselves? Or not right now. I I think you covered them all. So. Well, that's great. I, I guess it's a pleasure. We hope that uh, in some way, shape or form, you know, our products, but obviously this blog as well can be helpful to people above and beyond the roller ramp tie. Um, you know, we hope, Brad, that, you know, it's able to really help other people have insight into the challenges, the, uh, the you know, if, if you will, the successes of, of facing accessibility uh, challenges uh, throughout life. And, and we appreciate you doing it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So. Well, with that, Brad, do you want to go ahead and sign off on another successful episode? Sure. Thank you for listening to another episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. Sponsored by Rolleramp, this podcast features Brad Gabrielson, who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. Rolleramp is a global company based in North Dakota, dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.